Good evening, everybody. You survived the heat in the afternoon. (laughs) Yeah, this fluctuating weather is quite something these days. We could do a whole retreat on the Vedna of weather, right? (laughs) The rain, the fog, the heat. And I'm really aware that we're in the heart of the retreat right now. We've been here three nights and three full days. And I believe we have three more nights and and two full days and a little bit of a morning. So we're really in the heart of it, you know, in in the deepest part. As one of my teacher calls it, the belly of the whale. And so maybe you feel that in some ways that slowly going deeper into the sutta and into these foundations. We're halfway through the four foundations. And as we're getting to know each other more, community might be feeling different than it did the first day, being here on the land, being with yourself. And so we're going to um, keep going (laughs) with this practice. And so I wanted to say a little bit more about inquiry because we're going to do some more interactive inquiry tonight. And before I do, I know that we've um, been talking about norms and collective norms. And one of the agreements or norms that we have is that we minimize eye contact while we're practicing here in this tradition so that we can really stay connected to our direct experience and not have too much input that can... um, Take, a, take us away from uh, settling or samadhi that we may be practicing or cultivating. And yet, because of the nature of this group and the uh, nature of people here sharing so intimately and openly, I just invite you to look around the circle for a minute and make some eye contact. Just see the folks that you're sitting with and maybe you've been peeking already or looking more than you normally would as we've been sitting together and just doing that consciously. And you can even practice feeling your body and being embodied while you look around to practice not losing yourself while you're also opening to other people. Mm-hmm. So I know that my practice really changed when I was introduced to the awakening factor of investigation. I thought, wow, that's so cool. We can investigate reality. It's not just about getting calm and sort of allowing or accepting everything as it is. We can actually look. And I've always been an extremely curious person. And so that felt very um, enlivening to me to use this kind of mind (laughs) in some way, right? To actually use the mind in an investigative way. Um, And so the practice of inquiry and, um, you know, there's sort of the reflective way of meditating and contemplative that isn't, contemplative practice isn't new. It isn't just in Buddhism, right? It's in so many religions and spiritual traditions that we turn our, we reflect back, right? We invest, we look back at our experience. We even look at who's having the experience. You know, what's here? Who's here? And I'm in another uh, spiritual tradition, and we use inquiry in that tradition to really look at what, what is happening right now and what is the nature of reality and, 
and what is the nature of this being <laughs> streaming through reality. Um, and so when we engage inquiry, it really gets to be a wide open field of looking and seeing and discovering what's here in any moment. And what supports inquiry is our mindfulness practice, is being present, being aware, being awake, and particularly the non-judgmental quality of mindfulness. That awareness itself isn't judging. That's another mechanism of the mind that judges. And so we want to come to inquiry with as little judgment as possible. And if we are judging, that can become part of the inquiry or what we're noticing. So it's not another rule that we then have to do it right by. We can notice it. And as much as we can bring an open-ended curiosity, the more alive our inquiry can be. Because it's not about getting somewhere or having the right answer. We're not looking for something. It's really you revealing to you your experience out loud with someone else witnessing. Someone else being there to see you as you reveal your experience. So it's not for them. It's not a performance or something that we're doing to look, you know, look good or get social gain. It's really that someone is there to support you investigating something. And we're doing that together. And I find that quite thrilling because there aren't that many places where we get to do that without somebody interjecting um, a therapeutic response, which is fine and great, or an advice or a coaching or a something in this uh, tradition of how I'm going to we're going to, we did a little bit of the mindful listening already, right? In dyads and triads and in inquiry, really your role as the, as the person who's not inquiring is to bring your presence and your non-judgmental openness to see what is being experienced by the inquirer. So is this making sense so far? I think we're in all in the same vein, right? I just wanted to set it up a little bit more because we're going to do a little bit different form tonight where we're actually going to use a repeating question. So has anyone done this where some people, yeah, because there's a lot of retreats that do repeating questions here or you may be in other traditions. So that's great. So a repeating question is a way for you to take a topic or a question and look at something and because the question is going to be repeated to you over, you know, over a course of about 10 minutes several times, you get to see what comes out. You get to see new answers that arise. And maybe the first layer is your surface or what your familiar answers are. And then as the question goes on, you can see what else comes up. It's also helpful to include everything that's going on in the inquiry, not just the answer to the question that comes up in the content, but if you're feeling contracted and saying, I don't really even like this question anymore, that can be the answer. Or this is the dumbest question I've ever heard. Why would anyone be asking this? And why would you be asking me five times? I'm like getting more and more upset. Stop asking me that question. That can be part of the inquiry. Or I notice my body all of a sudden gets really hot or just got hot when you ask me that question. 
that's information. Or I'm having a memory. Or it doesn't have to make sense. It's what is arising in response to the question, in response to the field of the relationship perhaps, or whatever's revealing itself to you. So you can really say what you like, right? And the other person's response each time that you answer the question is, thank you. So you don't have to give any feedback, you don't have to help them, you don't have to do anything. And if you don't have an answer to the question, you can say nothing. And then the person will ask again. You could sit in silence. You could say, nothing comes up, I'm blank. Or I don't even understand the question. Thank you. Repeat again. So we just keep moving through the question. This is going to be advanced inquiry because you're going to have two questions. One question, the person answers and says, thank you. Then you're going to ask a second question. Say thank you and then ask the two again and again and again. And we're going to demonstrate this. So it's a little bit more complicated, but I think, you're, I think you can handle it. Um, and if you can't, you can say that as part of the inquiry. Um, and what was I going to say about that? Well, I think we'll just model it and then we'll break you up. Um, so do you want to ask or do you want me to ask? I'll ask. Okay, great. So Temple will ask me the question. I'll say what comes up. He'll say thank you. He'll ask me the second question. I'll say what happens. He'll say thank you. And then he'll go back to the first question. Tell me the Vedana of the experience right now. Of my experience? Of your experience right now. Hmm. Well, I notice a lot of pleasant um, pleasantness in looking into your eyes. They're very blue and kind of ocean-colored, and that feels really pleasant. And <laughs> Sorry, I'm not role modeling. <laughs> You're not supposed to respond, no. Um, and I'm also noticing quite a bit of tightness in my shoulders, so there's some contraction, and that's, that's unpleasant. Yeah. Thank you. What's your reaction to the Vedana right now? Well, I noticed I was liking telling you that you're, I was enjoying your eyes, so there's some, some joy and some, yeah, some pleasure in that. And then I noticed when I started talking about my shoulders, this little bit of shame came up. It's like, oh, the same shoulder pain you've had for all these years and you still have, are not free of it. And sort of like a sadness and kind of disappointment. Yeah. Thank you. Hmm. What's the Vedna of your experience right now? Well, I just took a deep breath, so I notice having said that part about the shame, I feel a little more uh, release around it, so there's some pleasantness, there's some expansion happening in my chest and in my mind. The mind is sort of softening and expanding, and that's pleasant. Mm-hmm. What's your reaction to the Vedna right now? Mm. It feels like a relief and feels kind of sweet, actually, to have something shifting around that, yeah. 
Thank you. Yeah. Are you getting? So what we're looking for is what's the Vedna? And you can, I was sort of elaborating what the thing was. You can just say pleasant, unpleasant, neutral, or say what it's about. And then what's the reaction? Like it, I don't like it, it feels good, it doesn't, it's, you know. The Vedna doesn't have to match the reaction, right? The Vedna could be sweet or, or pleasant, and the reaction could be, oh, and I, I feel icky saying that or I feel some contraction or unpleasantness having that pleasant Vedna. So whatever comes up. Does that feel too complex, or do you feel like you can handle the two questions? And Yeah? Yeah, so I'll go over them, because you're going to want to write these down. So get your notebooks out. Otherwise, it's easy to get lost. And Everybody have paper and pen? Okay, first question. Tell me the Vedna of your experience right now. Tell me the Vedna of your experience right now. And they answer and you say, thank you. Then you ask, what's your reaction to the Vedna right now? What's your reaction to the Vedna right now? Anything, reaction to the, the Vedna itself. You said it's pleasant, it's unpleasant. What's your reaction to that? You can say what your reaction is to having stated it. It's what's, um, as we talked about today, there's the primary Vedna, right? There's the experience, and then our, there's our reaction to it. There's how we feel about it. There's, there's our response to it. We're usually not free of a reaction. We're rarely directly in bare attention, noticing a Vedna with much equanimity, right? We usually, there's some, there's something hitched onto it. So when I explore the unpleasantness of my shoulders, it's rarely, oh, that's unpleasant, and there's some kind of space or equanimity or compassion. It's, it's hitched to, oh, yeah, the shoulders, and I tried, the, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't like it, it's not okay, that pleasantness shouldn't be there. I shouldn't have that. That's a bummer. And that's our habitual way that certain Vedanas have particular reactions and we want to start seeing them. And it doesn't mean it has to be something particular or familiar, but we want to start seeing how this interplay happens between that direct experience and our reaction to it. What's that? The second dart. Yeah. Or yeah. you might notice that there isn't a second arrow, mm. which would be a great noticing. But noticing either way is great. To notice that there is a reactivity. Or you might be like, wow, oh, I'm pretty accepting. 
that could be an authentic response. There's pain in my back. And I can hold it. There's pain in my back and it comes with a story. So wanting to highlight these two levels of experience. Mm-hmm. There's a over here. Yeah. Paul. I'm having a hard time differentiating this from kind of what's on your mind right now. Uh, mm-hmm. Or a flow of consciousness. In the, in the stream of your experience, wherever your attention is, like my attention went right to the birds, even though I was talking to you, every time the birds come, my attention goes there. So if you say, what was the Vedna right now? I look right in that moment, it's pleasure with the bird call. What's your response to it? I feel uplifted. So you're tracking kind of where your attention is going, your attention's streaming, and then you're inquiring into the Vedna quality and what type of, is that Vedna causing any type of response? Or is there just an accepting of that Vedna? Because each moment in the stream is going to be flavored, right, by something. So we're just catching it. We're just bringing consciousness, or we're just bringing awakeness to, right, those, that, whatever's here in the moment. And what's the flavor of the moment? What's the valence? And then what's my reaction to it? So it doesn't matter what you're aware of, right? It's whatever you're aware of right now. Any other questions or confusion? Yeah. Is the the reaction the second arrow? Is it like saying what's the vedna of the vedna? Mm-hmm. <laughs> second derivative. <laughs> it, you could go there and frame it that way, but it might not. You could find the unpleasantness unpleasant, since that would be uh, what's the reaction? Unpleasantness. There's unpleasantness. What's the reaction? More unpleasantness. But it could also be there's um, pain in my knee, and the reaction is wanting to move my leg. Mm-hmm. That's the response that's you know, that's connected with the vedna. Or there's no response. So we're trying to see if the vedna is coupled with the response. Or if it's not coupled with the response. It might be a physical desire for something like moving. It might be emotional. Or a story. Or a story or a belief. Whatever you notice in the reactivity. You know, it might be, I see something pleasant and that brings up longing. When I feel the pleasantness, I long for more of it. Or I long for not having it. I mean, whatever, whatever the reaction is to each moment. Good questions, yeah. Anybody else? Did someone else have a hand? So let's see what happens, right? Get into pairs and then we'll see. You've got the questions written down. So just see what happens. And if it, if you get lost, if you get confused, you just say that. You just say, I'm, I'm lost and confused. And then they can ask the next question, you know? Or this is too complex, or Vedna, Vedna, or I don't like it, and... That gets to be the response to the inquiry, whatever's coming up right now. Or this is just, un- hearing you ask me this question is unpleasant. What's the reaction? I want to leave the room. Thank you. Next. Or I'm lit up with joy. Okay. 
So how about someone you haven't worked with yet? Or if there's someone you've been wanting to work with, great, find them. Is it odd number? Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.